You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, a master certified coach, the best-selling author of 10 books, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I coach aspiring to establish authors on how to write books, actually enjoy the process, and create even better writing careers. Jessica, hi, so good to see you. What can I help you with today? Great to be here. I, I really appreciate this opportunity for just learning about next steps and what I need to do to get this book out. It's been um, years in the making. I, for years, have been led to write it, but I mm-hmm. just can't seem to sit down and, and actually do it. And now that I am, I'm finding that I have some really bad habits. So I just want to make sure that I am being as productive as possible without shooting myself in the foot as I go through this. So um, I'm definitely finding my background is in copywriting Mm -hmm. and editing, which when you're writing is not a great process. Yeah, (laughs) it's really not great for the writing process. So I'm finding I can see what I'm writing and I'm going back and I'm editing as I go and then I lose my train of thought and then it's it gets to be a mess and I I feel like I'm coming out of that creative mode and going into more of a technical mode when I do that and I'm bouncing back and forth so I would really love to find out how I can get out of that habit and just Mm -hmm. stick with the free flow it's just really hard after decades of doing copywriting to break that habit and and get into a different frame of mind when I'm writing where I'm not thinking about what I've already written. I'm thinking about what I'm writing right now or what I'm going to write next. So having an outline done, which I, I kind of went out and I found different outlines online and then I kind of Frankenstein them together. Yeah, I do that came, too. <laughs> came up with my own and spent a couple of days putting it all together and names and physical attributes and personality characteristics. And then I went chapter by chapter and that's been really helpful, but I'm still finding myself moving backward yeah. as I'm writing. Well, let's talk about just the beginning. What is it going to mean for you to finish this book? Before we talk about getting out of your own way and not self-editing and all of that, what is it going to mean for you to get to the end of this draft? Oh, my gosh. If I even start talking about that, I'm going to start to cry. It's it's a lifelong dream. It's something that I have always wanted to do. And I know for many, many, probably most or if not all writers, that it's the same feeling that this is something that they felt led to do, something Mm -hmm. that I feel like I could be really good at. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a very strong work ethic, which has helped me. And I have a lot of creativity which has mm-hmm. helped me and and I've been told that I'm a good writer I mean I write professionally so I feel like that skill is there yeah um, but getting through all of the different processes that maybe I'm not so good at will be a big challenge for me it's one thing to say 
I have a great story and I'm going to write it down. And I have the skills that I need in order to get that done. But doing all those technical steps to get from point A to point B Mm -hmm. and actually getting through every single step of the process is going to be pretty emotional for me, I think. Yeah. What are you going to think about yourself when you get there? And that I I finished what I said I was going to do. Yeah. And that's, I'm going to be really proud of myself. I'm, yeah. To say, you know, to say for years, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to write this book. I mean, and then to actually sit down and write it and get through the beta reader process and editing and formatting and, you know, publication and all of that, it, these are all huge steps that I hadn't really considered when I said I was going to write. I just, which I think is okay though. You don't need to know all of the things. And this is where we really get in our own way. So I'm going to jump ahead just a tiny bit here. Um, Pride is important. What I want you to consider is that you can rely on it right now. So if you know you're going to feel proud at the end of this draft, then you can take every page, every paragraph, even every sentence, if that's what it takes, and identify that it is part of the process. It's bringing you closer to that end point and you can be proud of yourself. So you might even like put a sticky on your computer or some sort of reminder that that is what you're going for. Mm-hmm. But I think, I suspect, and I could be wrong, that considering all of these huge steps you said, and you used the word challenge a couple of times, might be kind of keeping you in a like fear zone. And what I want to offer you is that you don't need to know all the steps now. Why? Because first of all, thinking about them is overwhelming and that's going to trigger your sympathetic nervous system to really usually freeze you a little bit and get a little paralyzed. So we don't want that. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of that, every book is different. So let's just say you decide to use beta readers this time and next time you're thinking, I'm going to have to do beta readers and get to the end and you don't. So you really want to have an openness of, I don't need to know all of these things because some of them may not even apply. Okay. So you don't need that list. What you need is what you already have. So you have a nice outline. You have clarity about what the story is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You have enthusiasm, which I think actually is the prerequisite, right? We don't go for what we don't want. Right. So you have all of those ingredients. What do you think is happening when you're self-editing as you go? And by the way, I was an editor for 20 years. I know this instinct so well, but I want to hear from you why you think this is happening. What do you think your brain is telling you in terms of the benefit? I wish I knew. I feel like if I knew that, I would be able to untangle myself from it. Mm-hmm. But even in in my brain, I sit down and I say, I am just going to write. And if I put were instead of was, if I mm-hmm. completely misspell a word, if I miss a word, I'm just going to leave it and I'm going to come back later. And I am still not doing it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's just, that has been the biggest challenge for me. And I, I wish I understood the, I mean, the basic mentality behind it, because in my brain, I'm saying, don't, just don't do that. And I, I, and I, I even went and bought a mouse. <laughs> 
Yeah, nice. <laughs> just thrown in the garbage. So we don't need to psychoanalyze you to know that this mechanism, like anything that we do that gets in our way, even harmful behaviors, have some self-protective element. It doesn't mean that it's not misfiring, that it is the total wrong way to do it. Maybe it's just a little bit of the wrong way. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. All behavior is the result of the brain thinking that somehow it's protective. And I suspect, but again, can't possibly know what's in your brain, that it is one way to keep you farther from the finish line, which uh, you might be thinking like, why would I want to do that? I really want to write this book, right? But it may just be that part of you, just like me and every writer on the planet who's not a sociopath, is like, oh, that's judgment time. So the closer I get to publication, the more I'm going to be judged. We want to write for other people. But honestly, I think it's a lie to say that that's not inherently terrifying in a way. Yeah. Whether you're giving it to a partner or the public, it's a little scary to find out what people think of your work. But Jessica, here's what I want to explore. So when we look at how we form a new habit, One of the key things that research tells us is that we want to identify with it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it might be helpful for you to start identifying with what writers do. So you're, you are becoming an author. Amazing. Mm -hmm. You've always wanted this. And I want to offer you just some information about what that process looks like. So you can see that the process of writing is not the process of editing. So every author, no matter what their grasp of grammar Uh, beautiful sentences or clunky sentences, everything in between must create imperfect work because there's no such thing as perfect work. So really understanding that that's the thing that you signed up for. You have to put together probably about 80,000 words of imperfection. But here's the fun part. Being a writer doesn't mean doing it all on your own. And this is true whether you self-publish or work with a traditional publisher. Either way, you're going to have a team. So in a way, Jessica, you're stepping in to do the job that someone else is going to do for you. I'm not saying don't go over your work after you do your draft, but I want you to know that there will be lots of other people involved in making sure you said was instead of were or were instead of was, that uh, you spelled lows correctly, whatever. I'm, I'm pointing out some of my personal things that come up in edits regularly. (laughs) Uh, You're going to have a team and there's so much relief in that of knowing you don't have to do it all. In fact, you can't. You know as an editor that having someone else's eyes on your work is essential because as a human, there's no way we can see everything. Right. Even software fails. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, it's definitely it's definitely been interesting to to see how I've had to stretch myself and and how I normally do things and it it is and I find myself when when I'm not self editing or sometimes after I do go through better go through that paragraph and see it you know how many times you know I I just recently switched my tense so if I reverting back to how I was doing it before mm-hmm. then I oh I should go through this paragraph well now I'm tired of reading this paragraph and that means I'm tired of writing it and then I tend to I put in a little keyword like purple and then I go somewhere else and I start writing oh, nice. elsewhere in my yeah. story 
And and I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but I just figure if I stick with writing about this one scene mm-hmm. in my book, then I just go and I look at my chapter list. Oh, I think I'll write about that. That sounds like fun. And then I keep going from there. Is that okay? Or So it there's no okay or not okay. What okay. I think to keep in <laughs> mind right now is that you're learning your own process, which could look really different from my process or any other writer that you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of writing linearly because it really helps me stay in flow. And we'll talk about flow in just a minute. It helps me stay in that creative mode. I too, when I look back at things or read them over too many times, just become very self-critical. Next thing I know, I've lost an hour. So for me, that's not helpful, but you may have a process that works for you where it's not linear. You go from section to section, you use code words, which by the way, brilliant little tip. I'm going to try that. Purple is my new (laughs) code word. Um, I like to study myself with every draft that I write every time I'm learning more about myself. And deep down, you're going to know in a way that I never could if it's working for you. The way to do that is just come back to your emotional state. Does it feel good? Does it feel easy, open? Or does it feel like resistance? Does it feel Mm -hmm. like something's a little off? Does that make sense? And that's, I think, what I'm feeling when I'm getting to the point where I don't want to write this scene anymore. It feels like an emotional reason. Like, yeah. it's bringing something up for me and I don't really want to deal with that right now. And so then I just skip to something else or it's, I guess it's less of an, an, a disinterest in, in that particular scene and more of an emotional reaction to what I'm writing. And so that discomfort kind of forced me out of that bubble and yeah. then I'm moving on to something else. And that may be healthy for you. Yeah. Yeah. I have gone back and and added to those sections that I skipped ahead on. And I didn't feel that discomfort anymore and mm-hmm. that apathy. I just kept going and didn't finish maybe some of them, but I did work on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that felt really good. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about flow, which is just the word that we often use in English, at least, to talk about that state in which you're just in pure creation. Okay. So I know some people are able to not evaluate themselves at all. I don't know if this is the result of my being a journalist and an editor for so long. I'm never fully out of that mode. I'm always thinking, do I like the sentence? But I do think if we can be more creative and less analytical, as you said in the beginning of this call, it really serves us. So when you are creating and you're just feeling good, Jessica, what's happening? Are you able to tap into that place at all right now? Definitely. And I feel almost like I'm not thinking much at all. I'm just writing. And when I can get to that place, I'm doing a lot less of that self-editing because I'm just banging away at the keyboard and I'm not reading back and I'm not even sometimes working up at the screen. I just find that I just, if I look down at the keyboard and not at the screen, then I'm doing better. Um, It's when I break out of that, that I am going back. So I can get to that place, but I find myself getting very distracted If I pop out of it. Yeah. So there are two things here. And one is kind of to come back to what we're just talking about. You are studying yourself as you go. And you're learning about 
the things that work for you, right? Mouse, look at keyboard, uh, don't edit, et cetera. And then there's the piece of you can make it easier. So yes, we can work on habits. And I think the thing to just keep in mind is that it takes at least 21 days. Research really varies. It can be up to 90 to develop a new habit. So you have to accept that as you work on the habit of stop, uh, like not self-editing as you go, it's going to feel uncomfortable a little bit of the time, at least, as you do this. So know that that's normal. It's not a sign that something's wrong or that you can't do it or that you never will. Just like, okay, I'm going to give myself at least, you know, three weeks, a good month to get used to this. But then this is where there may be certain uh, so-called hacks that you can do to just make it easier. So it may be, I've seen, um, I don't even know what they're called, but these essentially like keyboards with a tiny little gray screen yeah, at the top where you can't read what you write. Maybe you cover your screen with a piece of paper. Um, maybe you handwrite if that's easier for you. I was just in a writing session earlier with some writers and we we're talking about how handwriting keeps us out of that analytical mode in part because most of us have chicken scratch. <laughs> can't even read it. Like, <laughs> it takes a while. But really think about what can I do to make this easier for myself? Because there's no metal for like toughing it out or really like making it as hard as possible. I know the narrative is that writing should be hard. I don't necessarily agree with that. It's going to mm -hmm. be uncomfortable as you learn to do it in a way that's easier for you. And it's going to be uncomfortable bringing it in front of people most likely. So knowing that, but it doesn't need to be grit your teeth, you know, force yourself to do this thing. That's, I think that, and as you said that word, that's what, that it definitely brought up the feeling in me. It is discomfort. It is, it's so uncomfortable to keep going and not double check what I just wrote. And, mm -hmm. But I, I, I think I'm going to try to do that, cover my screen and just go, go, go. And then worry about, it. even if I go through it, later that night or next week yeah. or whatever if I tell myself just get through two hours yes. and don't look at the screen then my reward it can be to go back and maybe just check it over later on I love that you actually brought this up I should have said this much earlier but you can separate writing and editing time so I will often look at what I've written in the evening I'll mm -hmm. allow myself to do that it's just staying out of editing mode in the morning it's not okay. that you need to never read what you've written again. It is actually really beneficial for me, and I know a lot of writers feel this way, to read what I wrote so that I can stay with the story, stay with the characters. I think the goal for most of us who struggle with this, at least, and I'm certainly in your same camp over here, is to stay out of it during my writing time. Okay. Writing time is not editing time. It's a distinct thing for me that allows me to create as much as I want to create. The minute I go back into editing, I'm slow. Next thing I know, two hours have passed and I've written 300 words. Yeah, that's what I'm finding. When when I'm sitting down and writing, you know, I am getting out, you know, 2,700 words just in one sitting. Wow. And when I'm not going back and editing, I can be way more, I hate to say productive because it doesn't really feel... Like that's the right word, but I'm able to get into that flow state, like you were yeah. saying, and and just try to maintain it. And as soon as I am in the editing mode, it all comes to screeching halt. So yeah. 
that's really helpful to think about that I can edit later and mm-hmm. just right now and give myself that little bit of a cookie for later on. Yes. I can- <laughs> we are not that removed from dogs. Like we can all be Pavlov's <laughs> dog. Give yourself a little reward. Know that if you start the writing, you're going to get the thing after. I will let myself like look at gossip blogs. I love to just like read, you know, what's happening in the celebrity world. But I make myself (laughs) wait until I'm done writing to do that. Yeah. You can prime your brain to know that the good stuff is coming. So it's not, I mean, Jessica, you have a gift. It's so amazing that you are a good editor, that you want to do that work. That's like a bonus to your writing. But we just want to, keep that mode off during your writing time okay yeah hang that hat right on on the door yeah what do you think your next writing day will look like well it's going to be today and i'm going to try to cover my screen while i type so good i want you to also just keep your why in mind really keep your eyes trained on how big it's going to feel to finish this draft it's something that 80% of Americans want to do. I'm pretty, I'm guessing other countries are not that far off. And less Mm -hmm. than 0.1% of all people will finish a draft. Wow. Yeah. So, but that's available to you and anyone listening. And it's really, it's not being the best, the most talented or whatever. It's harnessing your creativity in your brain and being willing to work with it and sit with that discomfort for a while to get to the end. I think writing a book is amazing because yes, you did it, right? But the act of doing it helps you become a better version of yourself. That's where I don't ever think it's a waste. A lot of people are like, I'm not gonna do it unless I get published. I have a bunch of books that never will ever get published. And I'm so glad I did all of them. Okay. Yeah, there's no way to get through the process without just getting to know yourself, strengthening your strengths, figuring out how to work around your weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. The work itself is inherently valuable. It is. It definitely gives you a way to combat any self-doubt that you have mm-hmm. about being able to follow through with the process or even being saying that you are going to finish this you're mm-hmm. you're gonna start it and you're gonna finish it and all that self-doubt starts to creep up this isn't you can't do this you can't always get a book finished you're not gonna get through the editing process you won't be able to finish this and mm. and getting just hacking away at all of those different aspects of that the writing process and it's really going to strengthen my own um just kind of combat that self-doubt that creeps up all through our lives and and knowing that this is something that I've wanted to do for a very long time yeah and I said I'm going to do it and I'm going to do everything that it takes in order to to get it finished and even if it never gets published knowing that I finished it and I did what I said what what I was going to do yeah um, is going to be really powerful for me yeah Yeah. And what I'll add to your sentence is, I am doing it, right? You are doing it. It's amazing. And that is what creates self-confidence is that I don't know how it's going to turn out and I'm going for it and I'm going to have my own back. Mm -hmm. So good. 
Thank you for sharing this. It feels a lot like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. Yes. Like, is this thing going to open? <laughs> but remember, there is a backup parachute and that's your next book. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I really appreciate you bringing this. I think I can relate, right? The, the work is the work. I'm, you know, 10 published books in, many, many unpublished books in. It's the same stuff over and over. We just want to make that self-critical voice less loud. Okay. It's going to be there. That's the human condition. There's no way around it. Right. We just don't have to buy into it. Right. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Want to get coached on this podcast? Visit evenbetter.co. That's evenbetter.co to sign up and to learn more about how you can create an even better career as an author. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. Thanks so much for listening.